0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Of course, I wanted to dial it back, though, to uh, something we were discussing in the last hour, the horrific and uh, tragic story of this individual who <sighs> mowed down uh, all those people a year and a half ago on Young Street. And uh, finally, when we get access to the video, the four hours plus uh, where the detective from the Toronto Police Service elicited uh, a lot of these Chilling responses from Alex Manassian uh, to the point where he came across as totally lacking in contrition, any kind of introspection. It was all just uh, very devoid of emotion, I mean, very unsettling stuff. But I wanted to talk about the legal implications going forward and uh, what we might... Uh, anticipate by way of his court appearance that should take place in February of the coming year. Joining us on the line to help in that regard, Joseph Newberger, Global News Radio's legal expert from Newberger and Partners. Joseph, how goes it?
1: I'm fantastic. How are you, John?
0: Very good, too, thanks. Uh, but I need your help here to, uh, you know, as we unpack this story, as it's been given new uh, the additional currency, I guess, with the video release, uh, four hours of these transcripts or evidence. Uh right what would the key pieces of evidence in this case be? I mean, this videotape, is it going to loom large here?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I, it, it's a complete confession. Um, It gives you his motive for his actions. He describes why he did it. Uh, It, it seems that his motive comes very direct from his own feelings of, um, uh, of self-esteem and how he has not connected with females in the past, that he became radicalized and infatuated with this Elliot Roger individual uh, in California in his manifesto, and he felt it was time for him to act. And so there is a very clear motive, a very clear line as to why he embarked on this horrific act that he did, and I think this is a very central a piece of evidence uh, for the prosecution, and and as we will discuss at some point is, like, what defense does he really have? This, right now, the Crown has, uh, you know, an arsenal of very, very credible evidence against this individual to get him of all the offenses.
0: Well, that's kind of a curiosity to me. I mean, uh, would he not have had access to a lawyer or lawyered up before being interviewed or uh, somebody to counsel him because i mean he's really tipped his hand here i I can't see that he would plead other than guilty no
1: i'm absolutely sure that the homicide unit was extremely careful to make sure that mr manassian had access to counsel to get as much advice as he wanted prior to interviewing Uh, they're a very professional unit the gravity of this offense is enormous we've not had mass killings in canada Uh, Very often, thank God, and uh, as shocking and as horrific as this was, these officers went into professional mode, and I have no doubt that they were very, very careful to properly caution him and to properly ensure that his rights were complied with. But what I can tell from this video is that he wanted to talk. He is so embroiled and enmeshed and taken over by his own motive, by this manifesto from this Elliot Roger by the incel, um, uh, you know, uh, belief system that he wanted to talk, he wanted to discuss this. I mean, he must have had some awareness that he's going to go to jail for the rest of his life. And so he sees himself as some type of martyr for this incel community. And so people like this, with this type of personality construct, absolutely wants to get their message out. Again, with
0: Joseph Newberger, Global News Radio legal expert. Up until today, I mean, the video was released today, but prior it had been uh, subject to a publication ban. Why would that be?
1: Well, because M- Mr. Vanassian is entitled to a fair trial, as everybody is, and we don't want to uh, infect a jury pool. So if he were to have a trial before a jury, um, this will go viral. It will be out there. It will be impossible for him to find a impartial jury in Toronto, Ontario, or frankly, across the country. So any and all evidence must be kept confidential to protect the integrity of the judicial system of the criminal justice process and um, to ensure that he has a fair trial the trial that is upcoming for mr. Manassian is now a judge alone trial because obviously all parties realize that it would be very hard to get an impartial jury and this would be one of those cases where it would be best to be tried by a judge and particularly a judge who's experienced with uh, homicides and now um, that judge will not be impacted by the release publicly of this information.
0: So if he actually uh, wanted to speak freely because he felt like he was getting his message out as uh, perverted as it was, Correct. Uh, does it stand a reason he would plead guilty
1: then? question John like I don't know I mean he's receiving legal advice from a very good lawyer I know this lawyer well for a long time he's a very good lawyer with high integrity so there is advice he's providing mr. Manassi and there may be other information we are not privy to about his mental state that may be a factor Um, it may be that mr. Manassi is is pursuing some form of a not criminally responsible defense and so um, we don't know why he's not pleading guilty at this stage um, I anticipate that it's a, a not criminally responsible defense, but you know we have to. We, you know we've got pretrial pleadings that that would have been released, and so we know that that's where this is heading. And I assume that there must be some information, some uh, psychiatric and medical evidence that would be supportive of that position.
0: Okay, I was going to ask about, uh, you know, getting expert witnesses to come in and support the contention if he wants to plead NCR, not criminally responsible. That's the way it would work, right? He would have to have experts testify in that regard.
1: Absolutely. So if Mr. Manassian wants to advance a defense of mental disorder, it's up to him to establish on a balance of probability, so a fairly sufficient standard, that he was suffering from a mental disorder which rendered him incapable of appreciating the nature and quality of the acts or knowing that it was wrong. And so one would step back after looking at that video and seeing that he's speaking quite clearly, he's coherent, he's oriented, and he clearly has a mission that he's fulfilling. So you might absolutely believe from that video that this is an individual who absolutely appreciates the nature and quality of their acts. Whether there's something underlying, some type of deep psychosis or some other disorder that robs him of knowing that it was wrong. Um, Maybe there's some evidence there, but I find that challenging. And, And for the listeners, they have to understand that everybody is presumed to not suffer from a mental disorder. So that type of defense is the burden of the accused. He bears that burden and must call cogent psychiatric and psychological evidence to support that defense. And it's not an easy burden. It's not something that judges take lightly. Um, This is something that would be carefully scrutinized and weighed. So it is not an easy get-out-of-jail-free card. It is a very significant defense that has to be mounted. Well,
0: But as you say, he stands, in my mind anyway, as a layperson condemned by his own words. I mean, he has effectively undermined any potential for saying, well, I wasn't in my right mind. The planning stages, he rented a van with this express purpose, and uh, then he saw it to take down as many people as he could. And then when asked by the detective Rob Thomas how he feels after 10 people died and 16 more were injured, his response was a chilling, I felt my mission was accomplished.
1: Absolutely correct. He, he shows that there is absolute planning and deliberation, thought it out, committed the act, is completely unrepentant, and there is no sign of psychosis, delusional disorder, some sort of belief system which is you know, uh, demonstrating of a serious mental health issue. And, and let me sort of carve this out for people so they understand. <clears throat> people can suffer from a mental health disorder like a delusional disorder, where they can appear very functional in everyday society. But once it's, it's exposed, then there are certain aspects of the delusional disorder that although it may seem it's based in reality, you start to see that it's based in a delusional disorder here this is something different this is not based in something that's out of reality there is this incel group on social media there is this mantra that's going on out there and people are being radicalized by it and that does not mean that he is mentally disordered it may mean that he has personality issues uh, which impact upon his behavior but those don't qualify as diseases of the mind under section 16 of the criminal code so it's just a person who from what we see right now, and we should not prejudge this, It's very. we got to be careful about this, is still entitled to a fair trial, and it's in all our interest that that happens. But based upon what we view here is, this is a very troubled individual who is bent on killing people for some perverse, sick purpose.
0: Is it possible that you can, and again, uh, maybe you know this is beyond both of our pay grades to understand, but you've got more experience in this regard, like uh, through the legal channels, but if somebody sort of... Uh, moves in and out of, morphs in and out of this kind of psychosis or detachment, you know, something triggers it. Otherwise they're normal, but then they descend into uh, a different, a parallel kind of universe as it were. Does that, is that likely or possible?
1: It, it doesn't show in this particular instance. I mean, I've, I've dealt with delusional disorders many times and, and or somebody in a psychosis and it's fairly, with psychosis generally it's it's quite evident, delusional disorders can be You know sort of based in reality but they're not that transient in other words you don't go in and out of it this this isn't a delusional disorder this is based upon somebody's acts in california and a belief system of men who have this hatred for women which is completely perverse and tragic and ridiculous and and incredibly harmful and it's not delusional. It's a belief system, no different than you may have a belief system about hatred against uh, a, de- a definable group in our community, against, uh, you know, uh, Jewish people, against Chinese people, against white people, against, you know, like domestic terrorism or, or against Muslims. It doesn't matter who you hate, but it's, a, it's out against an identifiable group. And this individual has identified a group for which he hates for whatever reasons they are. And it doesn't rise, in my opinion, from what I've read, to any level of a mental disorder that would render him uh, any type of defense under Section 16 of the criminal code.
0: Finally, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but uh, in the event, I mean, uh, that he is found guilty or pleads guilty or whatever, uh, you know, 10 people were killed uh, in a premeditated way. He's on a first-degree murder rap times 10 uh, right. and, and intent. I mean, would that call for uh, consecutive or concurrent sentences?
1: You will definitely get consecutive sentences, whether it would be 10 years consecutive or, you know, which becomes sort of absurd at some point because we're not quite like the United States. But this could be one of those cases where you might have 10 consecutive sentences of 25 years. But, um, you know, the reality is you could have five consecutive, the rest to run concurrent, and that will outspan his lifespan and he'll spend the rest of his life in jail.
0: And finally, uh, I guess because there's a sense for closure needing to be affected for the victims and the families and so on and so forth. Uh, would victim impact statements be entered into uh, the sentencing regime?
1: Yes, whether it is convicted at trial or pleads guilty and then a sentencing hearing uh, unfolds, uh, victim impact statements will be uh, read into the court or victim's families will testify and give evidence or speak before the court. And so it, it will be a couple of days for sure, two, three days, maybe a bit more, uh, for people to have the opportunity to express their grief and how this horrific act has impacted them and their families. And
0: the court compels him to listen? Absolutely. All right. Uh, we're going to find out because this one goes to trial in February of the coming year. Joseph, it's always enlightening with your presence on this program. <laughs> I appreciate it very much. Thank
1: you. You're a kind man. Thank you, John. Have a great show.
0: You have a great weekend. Joseph Newberger, Global News Radio legal expert with Newberger and Partners. Nineteen past the hour, we're coming back with, uh, well, we'll open the lines on this idea that, you know, somebody could be so perverted by uh, something on social media, social media, what do we call it, uh, emotional support group? It's just one of these things on 4chan. I mean, we're talking about uh, the nether reaches of the interwebs. And when it comes to that, I'm just wondering if, you know, even parents, uh, I know that this guy was a young adult. You know, 25, 26 years of age, but uh, does that absolve the parents from knowing what the hell their kids are doing? He's living at home with his parents at the time. To give him carte blanche, is there something that they could have done to perhaps uh, deter this thing from happening? I'm just really at my wits end because I think there are a lot of unstable types out there and they take their cues from... Well, this guy, in that case, Elliot Roger, who was the incel self-admitted and uh, I guess the poster poster boy for the incel movement or subculture. But uh, I had no idea, reading about this earlier today, that it's as prevalent as it is. I guess, you know, in a big world and with a lot of people who are alienated, disaffected, angry, misogynistic, I mean, this is the way they channel their rage. And uh, it has serious consequences, needless to say. Thanks for listening to The John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere
1: else you get your on-demand audio. Nine one one. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my god! The ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's
0: water everywhere. What's going down? I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hurry, hurry. Hello? Are you there?